Welcome in, Braves Today. That is Kelly Kroll. That's right. You're looking at the right person. And I am Ben Taylor, host of Braves Today podcast. And Kelly, second half expectations, mindset of the team coming off the break and focusing more on divisional play, because it seems like we played every team in the American League in the first half of play. Uh, so second half expectations, because 60 wins, that's a lot to match coming in, into the second half of the season. Yeah, they've set a really high bar, haven't they, in the first half? Oh. I mean, but to your point about facing, they faced some of the more at the moment, what looks like difficult AL Central East teams, you know, they've gotten Toronto out of the way, they've gotten Texas out of the way, both of those teams, you know. And so looking forward, yeah, more divisional plays. They'll see the Philly um, teams, they'll see the Phillies a couple times. They've got the Marlins one more time, I think, mm -hmm. late September. So the second half, I think for them, um, I would imagine their biggest goal is to stay healthy and get healthy. I can't wait to see Max Freed return to this rotation whenever it is that he is ready. Um, that'll be tremendous. I can't wait to see how that plays out because truth be told, depending on how other guys are pitching, they could go to a six man rotation at some point. If it makes sense, get guys like Charlie Morton or guys like even Spencer Strider, who for Strider, this will likely be the most innings he's ever pitched. I think Bryce Elder would be the same way. So if you're able to get those guys, you know, a few turns where they can rest and then in the long run be healthy in September, I think that is the biggest goal and the biggest hopeful expectation. And then meanwhile, just keep playing great baseball. I know what they really hung their hat on towards the end of the first half were those 10, 11 consecutive series wins. Like, mm. yeah, they might've dropped one in Cleveland, but then they picked up and, and reeled off a few more. And it's just piecing together series win after series win for them is, is what they kept saying they were most proud of. So I think if they can carry that over into the second half, and I kind of glanced, it's funny, last night, Ben, um, we were talking about topics, and I glanced sort of at the schedule for that reason alone and thought, okay, you know, White Sox out of the break, they've completely underperformed this year, but a good team. I think that's what they'll run into a little bit. Mm -hmm. Teams that have underperformed are always dangerous because they are talented enough to win. White Sox fall in that category. You've got Milwaukee following them, who they're right there with the Cubs in the NL Central, figuring out who's going to win that division. So you've got some teams that you're going to be facing that I think you're going to need to still be playing good ball. And so for them, I think if they can carry over what they've done in the first half, just staying healthy and seeing stretches of really good baseball, that's what they're hoping for. Looking back at the first half a little bit, I mean, I know we brag about the 60 and we we talk about how great that is and being a team record. Kelly, it could have been better because the first part of the season, they couldn't win at home. I mean, it was it was like we were begging people to go on the road so we could play somebody because we had a winning road record and 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 not a very good, not losing, but not a very good home record. So it could have been 70 wins. Yeah, it's wild to think how well constructed this roster really is. And had they started, like you said, out of the gates where the pitching and the hitting and the defense was all working together, who knows what their record would have been at the end of the first half, but that's baseball. We were just talking about that. I mean, the difference of Marcelo Zuna in April, May versus once he went to Miami and then all of a sudden, I, I mean, this guy, he could have been an all-star too, more than likely yes. had he been able to put together, you know, the, the entire first half doing what he was doing as of late. Um, and so yeah, to your point, carry that over. If the pitching and the hitting and the defense does all work together and guys are able to stay hot together, 
I I wouldn't put anything past them in the second half. But at the same time, I'm not and, and I'm sure you feel the same way, fans at home. It's great and, and putting together an incredible record is awesome. But you really want October to be where everything yes. comes together, right? I mean, you can have the best record in baseball, but if you're not standing at the top of that mountain at the end, it still feels like you've fallen below what you could have done. Um, and and I, I wouldn't want to use that word disappointment, but it will. It would feel disappointing if they win 100 and God knows what and just mm-hmm. can't come out with the World Series title, which I know is what their goal is. And, of course, all the fans watching want to see the same thing they saw in 21. Well, and we talk about the start of the season and what it's led up to. This is kind of um, that's kind of symbolic of what Snit's career was when he got you know called up and got the nod to be the Braves manager. How I will say I was not one of those fans, but I did see message boards and all that kind of stuff saying, did we get the right guy? I don't like the decisions that he makes. 600 wins. How can you argue? with that and listen you were there for 500 which by the way is your pin tweet on your pro you had to update that to the 600 now <laughs> I, I, just, I, did, I didn't get to do that interview because I, I can't remember why but 500 i was there and so yeah. it was such a, yeah memorable night and and ronnie his wife had sent me the video of his grandkids like congratulating oh, him and so there i was trying to hold up my phone and show him like hey here's where your grandkids sent you watch this on live tv and so i don't know that that memory and that moment for me and i i know for him but it just it's a special one and that's why i pinned it because it always makes me smile every time i see it it but, is it's an it, it's an awesome thing to be right there with somebody yeah. when something like that happens because you you spend more time with the team than just about anybody and, and the reason being is because you you have your perch in the dugout we see you on television and and but people even behind the scenes um you and I talked before this a little bit even from the broadcast standpoint but somebody like snit like just walk us through what kind of person he is because everybody that's around him has nothing but good things to say about him. But yeah, then you read a message board or a, or somebody that's going off on Twitter or whatever, and then they're upset with him about a pitch and change. So he made a bad pitch and change. We didn't know that pitcher was going to suck that day. That's not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And it's it's so hard to um, kind of define Snit in a way because he is such a special man and such a down to earth, salt of the earth guy that you sometimes forget, like. This guy's the manager of the Braves. Like, I'll be sitting in the dugout talking to him about anything but baseball, really. His grandkids, his kids, his wife, like, planting flowers with her over the break. And then just, you, you, you're like, this, he's just, just a dude, just another yeah. dude. To your point, though, is, is, there's so many things he has to deal with that, that we don't know about. Even, even I, He'll fill me in before the game, but maybe I don't think to ask or whatever. Certain guys are down and we don't know it. Or certain guys are dealing with something that could be available, but really they're only available if it's a this scenario versus a that scenario. And and so sometimes the decisions he makes, it's it, his hands are tied to a degree at times. And 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 that's where I think. I don't know. At this point, you talk about 600 wins and and <laughs> what he's been able to accomplish this with this team. I mean, I, he's got all the grace he needs from me on a bad night. Right. We've all, we've all been there, and I I think we <laughs> can recognize that trusting in him has gotten this team to exactly where it wants to be again once. So I I every day um, I just he's got this demeanor about him that is. 
I know people say he's just so even keel. Uh, guys in the clubhouse, you hear it all the time. I know it sounds cliche, but they they resonate off of who's leading them. And when he acts like things are fine and no big deal and whatever, they can take that same um, <clears throat> disposition that he has. And, and that's what I think you see every day. And yet at the same time, you've seen him get fired up. You've mm -hmm. seen him be a little salty. Um, and, and guys, I think, well, I know guys really respect that because that's what helps make things fall in line when they need to fall in line. And I, I think about even earlier, the Marcelo Zuna and benching him. I mean, he's mm -hmm. had to do some things like that, that managers don't want to do, but they, in, in that instance, it needed to be done. And because it was, I think everybody in the clubhouse, you know, understood, respected that decision. And as did Marcel. And, and he knew he should, he should have been running what ended up being a long single, um, running that out. But I, let me think of, I before I wrap this up, just a, I have so many snit stories that make me laugh. But okay, here's a great example on those team okay. charters. The, where we fly, um, the broadcast team flies with with the team, but we're in mm -hmm. the very back of the plane. Team the players are all in the middle, and coaching staff is all at the front of front of these planes. And Snit will make an effort on just about every flight with his big old glass of, well, social sparkler is maybe how I. Should <laughs> You get my point. Um, right. They call it a happy flight for a reason, okay? But he'll make his way back to the back of the plane, and he'll sit down there, and I kid you not, he will talk to every single one of us, ask us about our families, how things are going. Um, it was not long, not that you would have seen the – but I um, I had a kidney stone a year ago, and yeah. uh, upon coming back, worst thing ever to anyone who's had it, I am so sorry you've been through something like that. It was, it was miserable, but – to, to the point, Snick comes back, my first flight, and he's like, oh, hell, so good to see you. I mean, boy, was I worried about you. I tell you what, if I had one of those kidney stones, it would just be oozing Tito's, probably. So <laughs> I, I'm so sorry you had to go through that, but it's good to have you back here, girl. Like, it's just, he's hysterical, he's funny, he's real, um, and, and it just works. And guys... Mm respect him and because of how he handles things it's it's worked for a long time so i i feel very grateful to get to spend uh the time that i do with him in the dugout and on the field and on the planes just talking life and learning from somebody who certainly paid their dues and has stories among stories that could he i just hope he writes a book one day i do calling all braves fans we'd love to thank our new sponsor couldn't be a better fit ford stokes founder and president of active wealth host of active wealth show on am 920 the answer and author and informative book annuity 360 our new primary sponsor the best part ford wants to give each and every braves fan a free gift his book annuity 360 all you got to do is go to annuity360.net Provide your contact information. Ford's going to then send you a complimentary copy of the book, absolutely free. Incredible opportunity for you to gain insights into protecting your growth and your hard-earned wealth. Now, important to note, Ford and his team at Active Wealth specialize in assisting pre-retirees and retirees, and Ford and his team are eager to assist you and make the most of your financial resources. By the way, Ford's registered investment advisor, Brookstone Capital Management, they manage a remarkable $8.5 billion. That's with a B in assets. That's the kind of stability that you want on your financial journey. 
Active Wealth Management is conveniently located offices in Alpharetta, Cartersville, Kennesaw, and Midtown. And they've recently opened up their new headquarters off exit 12 on Georgia 400. Let them know that we at Braves today sent you in that direction and tell Ford we said hello, chop on, and go Braves. Yeah, he, and it seems like he has a perfect balance, uh, one of which you talked about um, Marcel and, and him being benched for the long single. He's had to do that a couple of times in the past yeah. with with Ronald Acuna, who everybody is everybody can blame youth on that. Can't really do that with Marcel. Love Marcel, but the youth factor is not the issue with him. Uh, but speaking of Ronald Acuna, how good is this kid? Oh, gosh. Again, something that's really I can't define. Um, every mm. night he's doing something that it feels like is a historical benchmark for the franchise, for the league. Um, I, I think sometimes it's even hard to put into words or perspective what it is we are witnessing night in and night out because he's doing things you've just never seen before or at the pace at which he's doing it. You're thinking this can't be possible. Like mm. 41 stolen bases at the half. Like here people were projecting if Ronald was healthy and might he have a good year this year, a 40-40 year, right? I right. mean, who's to say he's not going to have a 40-80 year at this point? Anything's possible with him. But I just, I love the joy he's playing the game with this year. Um, you can see he, because of being fully healthy, he is all out on every play and yeah. that is only God given some of what he can do. I mean, he works really hard. I don't, don't take me wrong. He works very hard, but what we see from him is also something that, you know, you can only be graced with by the one from above. So it's to see it all come together on the field this year and how much fun he's having with the guys he's playing. I've really gotten a kick out of too. The, um, the stealing third when a pitcher and a third base yes. like not paying attention. And I asked him, I said, you know, when did you start to think about this? Or when did this? And just, he said, I'm um, spring training. It just kind of dawned on me that if we, if they're not going to, they're going to play in or play deep or not pay attention. I'm just going to see what I can do. Well, <laughs> and it's wild, right? The teams haven't picked yeah. up on this because he's done it five or six times at this point. And uh, mm -hmm. every time I just, get such a kick out of his reaction and the rev in the engine. But I think Snip puts it best is this is a guy that when he's at the plate or he's in the field or at the start of the game, you don't want to not be in your seat because you're going to yeah. miss something. He's just so much fun and, um, and is having a lot of fun, which I, I enjoy for him after the, you know, all the, the injury oh. and he had to overcome. I'm just so, so glad that he's getting to be back and, and playing like, like he can. You mentioned the rev in the engine. Is this the this the big fly? Is that the new celebration for home runs now? Yeah. What do you think of that? It they looks something like when I you like see when you see when you see this when you see guys that are super athletes doing that in the dugout. Yes, I love it. It makes you laugh, right? They're <laughs> funny. They're a funny, funny group of guys, and and um, the chemistry. I think people see it. Um, mm -hmm. but just to give you like a little, to pull the curtain back a little bit, like I've been around some really special groups. I think 2016 with the Cubs, when I was covering them at the start of spring training, I knew they had something special. Um, I'll be honest in 21 and this is a, the, the Braves were below 500 at the break, right? Like you're, mm -hmm. you're 
it, I didn't feel the same. In other words, yes. when they wanted, I felt like that was a bit unexpected. Not to say they didn't enjoy being around each other, but this group, this is this 23 team is on another level as far as enjoying one another. And I think a really good way of putting that in perspective, just you watch eight guys go to Seattle for the all-star game and they all take their families and they all tra travel on a charter jet together. Enjoy that stage of the midsummer classic together. Meanwhile, um, there are about five, six guys who weren't in obviously Seattle, but stayed here and decided to have their families all together at Lake Oconee and uh. hang out with their families. And I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to be honest. Usually you get to the break and guys want a break from yes. each other. I mean, families want breaks from each other, even though you love each other. It's like, okay, we've done, you know, 80 some of these and weekends. Yes. And we're just ready for a break. But I'm telling you, they enjoy each other's company so much. And this isn't just like the stars and the stars. This is everybody included. And and the guys, you know, that you think of the training staff and the um, I think about the guys, the nutritionists and, and you name it, that keep these guys running at their best. Um, they're all included in this. It, mm -hmm. it really is the most um, galvanized group that I've ever been around as far as just really, really enjoying each other's company and, and all pulling on the same rope and truly wanting to see one another succeed. Like I look at guys like Sam Hill Hilliard and Kevin Pilar, who could be a little bit like, hey, I'd have a lot more playing time on another team, but I think they recognize that they're still, what they are doing is still a really big part. And it's because other guys let them know that even the smallest thing, Sam Hilliard taking third, tagging up yep. and taking third and extra inning, whatever it may be, that's a big moment. We come out with that win because of you. And mm. I think guys are really good about letting one another know the part that they're playing in this. And, and so in other words, just a really special group that likes to have fun. <laughs> yes, they do. Well, and, and that, that leads me to this is I, you always see the shots of Arcia has got to be one of the major. The person. I mean, he, he, he showed it during the all-star. He does. I don't think he's ever met somebody he doesn't like because he, he smiles and hugs everybody. Sometimes maybe be a little intrusive on some of the play. You could tell some of the all-star players were like, this kid is excited to be here. Mm -hmm. uh, but you see, we've seen you in, in, in the dugout, which by the way, number one, that's a great seat. Number two, you're in firing range, by the way, for lefties that are going to pull the yeah. ball. So head on uh, a swivel. <laughs> yeah, head, yeah. Head on a swivel for sure. Um, but you see when they come down to the end of the dugout, whether it be a home run or whether it even be that they've tagged up from third and they come down and the three that always stick out, or Arcia, as well as uh, Albies and Acuna, that they can't seem to get enough of one another. Nope. It, is it, can that be explained at all? Because I mean, I'm sure you're watching it, going, "Are these guys six? Like, what what is going on here?" I mean, it's got to be number one. It's got to be fun to watch because you can tell that it doesn't matter if they're six runs down or six runs up; they act that way. Yeah, I. I never know what's coming. Like no, no, no idea what's coming. And I'm a little. Sometimes you know I'm in there with the dugout, my phone, and I'm thinking, uh, should I be putting this down because I don't know what's coming next. But I mean, the, you know, they smack each other and they do. There's hair, and it just. Um, I, I thought Ozzy put it really great one day to me, just joking that there, there's only one OA show and talking about Orlando Arcia yes. and Ozzy Albies, and they they truly 
just get such a kick out of each other. And I think they push one another. I mean, I've heard heard them kind of not not bark, but just, you know, um, encourage and really get after each other. Um, and Ozzy said it, his energy just he he's like he just must wake up out of bed like bouncing around because he's he's just always off the charts with energy and he goes I feed off of that when I'm in the field with him and I think a big part of that also stems from the work with Ron Washington right they come out and it's those two every day doing the work with Wash at the same time I mean he obviously does it with the whole infield but those two are always out there at the same time and there's the back and forth with Wash and the just picking on each other and it's um it's just another part of that chemistry and the camaraderie I was talking about. I, I just, mm. they really enjoy playing with one another and they push each other and the antics. I don't know where they come from. I know that he, they will find the camera though. Trust me. They will always yes. find that camera. So um, yeah, they, they have a lot of fun and it makes it a lot of fun for us being around it and watching it. Cause I think the other guys feed off of that too. They're the three that kind of set the tone from an energy standpoint. Well, because on the other end of the spectrum, you see the Olsons of the world and the Rileys of the world. And for goodness sakes, I'm still wondering if Murphy or Strider even talk unless you actually make them talk whenever you have to interview them. Uh, speaking of which, that's been when we've done this pod, uh, some of the other guys that I've talked to, we've, we've talked about this. Biggest surprise of the season, to me, it's got to be Murphy. Mm. I, I did not see, number one, him coming from Oakland just now. West Coast bias, call it what it is, because I'm not following the A's, but you just look at numbers. You see numbers. It's not like I'm not going to go YouTube his highlights and see what he does whenever he got signed. You just look at num strictly numbers. And so we were like, OK, this is a good solid backup for Travis. And, you know, hopefully we'll and then you read about his arm and you're like, OK. And then he shows that off at the first of the season. And you go, wait yeah. a second. This guy's got a howitzer from behind the plate. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the, the bat comes alive and you're going, who is this guy? And if you're an A's fan, you got to be kicking upper management going, why didn't we get this out of him? Now, I don't know if it's the atmosphere that he's in, if it's the push that you just talked about from other players, mm -hmm. but he has been probably the pleasant surprise of this season thus far. I'm with you. If you ask me my biggest surprise, it would be between he and Bryce Elder as well. Uh, I think only because – there's a guy that didn't even break camp with the team, right? And ends up going mm -hmm. back down. And when he came back up, I don't know that anybody was expecting him to lead the National League in ERA. So he's another guy that honestly, without him, I don't I don't think the Braves would be where they no. are because they, of course, lost two of their horses very early in the season. And he has filled in magnificently solidifying a spot that, you know, then they only had to worry about one spot in the rotation versus two the whole, the whole first half. But – Sean Murphy, I'm with you. He's having a career year, and and I don't know it. He didn't expect it, I don't think. But I do think, to your point, exactly what you just said. I think it's been the ability to seamlessly transition to this team, um, and feel like I, I thought it was interesting talking to Sal Fasano before the break and and asking him about his two catchers and the luxury of those two guys, and um, and he said something like you know, we just need Sean to understand that he's not letting this team down when he takes a day, when, when he's, you know, getting a oh, day. Oh, so he rest. wants to play every, he wants he to play wants every, to play every day. Every yeah. Oh, wow. Sorry, I feel like my, my lighting's doing weird things on you here. Um, yeah. So according to Sean, he thinks he gets in a better rhythm when he's behind the plate 
and, you know, obviously mm. hitting. And so when he DHs, he says it's hard for him to get into a, a rhythm um, as easily. And so he will kind of ask, you know, I think to be playing and be behind the plate more. But I, Snit, Sal, everybody's kind of been like, okay, huh, we get it. And this is no offense to Oakland, but just wait until you go through June, July, and August heat yeah. in Atlanta. And then tell us how you're feeling if you're playing every single day. Like, you're going to be grateful that we give you these days off your feet. And I think he's learning that. I think he's realizing pretty quickly that this – and that there's no drop-off. I think it's more just about, like, maybe in the past there was drop-off when he wasn't the one behind the plate and, um, <clears throat> you know, in the lineup every day. And I think now he's seeing that, like, with Travis – Hey, if I'm yeah. if I'm on the bench, Travis is going to go deep again because right. that's what he does. So <laughs> they have been so good as a tandem, and I give so much credit to Travis Darno too. I mean, the whole the whole catching unit again, Sal Fasano and what he does with that group really is incredible. Um, but Travis was the one the second the Sean Murphy signing happened to call him to reach out to him to say he was thrilled to be working together, like basically let him know like. Hey, I'm not looking at this as though my playing time is being taken away. Mm. I'm looking at this as a way that my career could be elongated because yes. of you, because of you being here and me being like a sufficient one-two punch or one-two tandem, whatever you want to call it. I, I don't even like calling him a backup because really he's not. I mean, when no, he was an all-star yeah. last year. That's the thing, right? <laughs> no, I just, but to your, yes, sorry. The long-winded answer to say, I think he's having this tremendous year because he's just fit in so well with this group who is constantly lifting him up, kind of opening him up because he is one that is very tricky behind the mic. Yeah. He's not a man of very many words at all, um, but they have gotten him to sort of open up. He, I think he, I've seen him be goofy with some of the guys. So I know he feels comfortable, which mm -hmm. is most important. And not only the comfortability, but the, the understanding that if, even if I'm not in the lineup, I'm not letting anybody down. I'm just keeping my body at its best so that I mm -hmm. can be ready when this team needs me. So I think it's just been a, a perfect, again, perfect formula. AA knows what he's doing, man. Yeah. Again, she's Kelly Crowell with Bali Sports and the sideline reporter for the Braves. We'll continue the conversation and drop part two of this hour-long sit-down with Kelly. That'll be Saturday. So be sure to hit the subscribe button and check out bravestoday.com.